Hello, hello, beautiful So Welcome to the Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I'm your host, Petya Kolibova, an alignment woman's coach who guides women to intuitively connect with their inner vision so they can experience personal and professional magnetism and become unapologetically abundant. My mission is to empower visionaries who are on the path to embody their fullest self-expression, to soulfully expand into a quantum leap in all dimensions of their lives. Each week, I will be offering an interview or an idea that will support you to leave behind what isn't serving you anymore and create a life filled with freedom, abundance, purpose, and even bigger impact in this world. No more hiding, no more playing it small. It's time to step up and up-level your life now. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. And today's episode is going to be really, really, really juicy. I can promise you that. I'm super excited with our guest, Mariah Brown. We are going to go so deep, ladies, that you better sit when you're listening to this. Mariah, I'm so excited to be here today with you. Mm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And there is like a million of different topics that I can speak with you because you are so influential, you know, in so many different ways and so impactful as mother, as entrepreneur, as fertility, as, you know, like even in your past, like a midwife, you know, and, and supporting birth and everything. And there was something when you and me were talking, of course, before this interview is that really, really resonated with me. And I haven't had anyone yet speaking about it from their own experience. And that's the orgasmic birth. So that's, I'm like, that's where I would love to go because it's really rewriting so many old beliefs and so many fears and so many like things that we were taught from generation to generation. And that even on my own fertility journey, it's something that scared me so much first, like, oh, can I get a pregnant? And then well, but when I get pregnant, then I have to give a birth and birth, it's really traumatic and very painful. So do I really want to do that? And my husband is like, I'm ready. I was like, yeah, because you're not popping the baby out. (laughs) So that's something that I would really, really love to go with you today, because I really love that you have experienced it. It's something different when we learn things and then we teach them, right? That's in it's beautiful and it's our mind, right? But you experiencing that. So yeah. take us a little bit back, you know, for those who never, ever like heard of you, take mm-hmm. us a little bit back on your journey. And how did you even get into that feminine and fertility and birthing and this beautiful world? Like, why did you chose it? Or why did this world chose you? Yeah, that's a great question. And what's so fascinating is it's not so much the realm that I'm in now. You know, now I say that I midwife women through chapters of change. And so occasionally there's a woman that comes into my space in this fertility and wanting to become pregnant and and pregnant space, but it's mainly around holding the container. I see at my job as a midwife is to be the holder of the container, to be the holder of that space where women get to surrender and trust and transmute and excavate and Mm. transform. And so 
a little bit of a story. So I was in the corporate world out of my under, my undergrad was in marketing and business. And Mm. I grew up with a father that was an entrepreneur. And so right out of undergrad, I was living in LA with a six figure income and business suits and stilettos and airplanes. And uh, my best friend from high school asked me to be at her birth. And I read the book, The Red Tent, as she was through her pregnancy. And I went and the birth was a hospital birth with an epidural, uh, relatively traditional. And it was life-changing for me. I just, all I could do was cry for hours, not really knowing where the tears were coming from, but I felt like I was home. And after the, her mom and the doctor and the nurses and everybody left the room, she said, come here. She said, Mariah, your voice was the only voice I heard. Your touch was the only touch that I felt. I think this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I went, me too, (laughs) but what do I do with this? And so I, on the weekends became certified as a doula and I started volunteering at UCLA Santa Monica on labor and delivery. And I started volunteering at the Hollywood birthing center and volunteering with a home birth midwife, attending occasional births. And it just was never enough. I longed for more. And so then I went down to Peru and I did the four day hike up to Machu Picchu and it was on day three. I just decided, I decided this is it. I need to leave my job. And so I got back and um, took some night classes and studied for my GRE and applied for grad school. I opted to become a certified nurse midwife. So to actually get my master's in nursing. And I quit my job and booked a one year around the world trip to go kind of reset. And along the way, I volunteered with midwives in Ghana and West Africa in Mm. West Africa. And I was accepted at Yale. And so I did my kind of traditional midwifery training at Yale. Wow. And then every spring break and every summer break, I would go to either Hawaii or Nicaragua and study with the mountain midwives and study the more traditional way. And they would give me that space to just go, all right, I'm learning at Yale about all the things that can go wrong and all the things we're trying to prevent. What do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And um, what I realized along the journey is I've been a midwife my whole life. I can remember as early as age four, watching the puppies and the kittens being born and staying up late into the night. And my parents let me. And, um, and so, yes, I became a midwife. And so so I've been attending births since 2000. I gave birth to my first child in 2012. Wow. And so there was 12 years of holding space for others and really surrendering into the trust and the beauty and the spectacularness of when the feminine energy allows herself to surrender mm. and how powerful that is mm. and how beautiful that is. Mm. Um, I had the esteemed and heart-wrenching experience of having a miscarriage, mm. which I had no idea. My heart goes out to all the women that have done it and often do it alone and never tell anyone and go back to work and never really grieve the loss. And then I gave birth to my son, who will now be 10 um, in August. And it was absolutely ecstatic. Mm, That's so beautiful. You know, I really love that story. And I love that, you know, like 
your whole life you kind of knew without knowing and then it just like come to you so clearly that you couldn't deny it anymore so i'm wondering like because you see the perspective of both you saw the the medical route and you saw the more natural route what would you say like it differs like like what are the biggest like differences and how can you create experience birthing experience that it's not scary and traumatizing and unnecessarily painful you know like mentally physically emotionally for the mother how can you see birth as something ecstatic and empowering and beautiful totally totally and listen i you can create a midwifery environment no matter where you give birth i was on staff at the hospital on the big island of hawaii for eight years and attended hospital births and birthing center births and home births and i've seen beautiful quiet peaceful, hypnobirthing, all the variety in all different settings. If your entire life you were told and shown that an orgasm is excruciatingly painful, scary, that your muscles will spasm, you won't be able to control your sound, that it is that you lose control and it's something to be afraid of. And if your entire life, that is what you were told and seen, my guess is women would stop experiencing orgasms. Yeah. Yeah. Which they don't because luckily that's not what's really done. Yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I never heard that story. I love my orgasms, right? Like what's, what's, right. no, I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I see. But it is overwhelming. Your body's shaking. Your muscles are tensing. You're making sounds. You're losing control. You're in total surrender. Sometimes you're crying. Like if you had been told that that was something to be afraid of or painful, I think it could be a very different experience. And for most of us, we've been handed a load of crap with how the media portrays it mm-hmm. and what we're told it's going to be. Mm. And so in my experience, it's not what I saw. It's not what I believed to be true. I watched in West Africa, women laboring quietly. I mean, the contraction monitor was my hand on her belly, feeling the contraction in, or the the muscle tightening. And really the only change I would see in the women's faces, maybe some beads of sweat over their lips. And then when it was time to push, they would stand up, put their IV bag on their head and walk into the other room to push. Wow. And they were stoic. Now, were they stoic out of fear? I don't know. Was that just the way that they were raised? I don't know. But I saw that as an example. I've seen women who've practiced hypnobirthing where literally... I'll never forget. She was 18 years old and her labor sounded like this. And then she said, I think I might push now. And then she said, no, I'm just going to let the baby come out. And then the baby just slipped right out. And there was Like my friends who are listening, yes, it is absolutely possible. 
Wow. In my experience with all three births, they were all conscious conception. They were conceived in love and very deliberately. And we took our pregnancies very seriously. And it was a conscious experience of pregnancy, whatever that was for us. And um, I crafted what I wanted my ideal birth to look like mm-hmm. and feel like. And I surrendered to knowing that once it begins, it's not in my control. Mm-hmm. This is not a, not a white knuckling it. So many women exist in a very masculine model, go, go, go. I have to look perfect. I have to do more. And um, somehow it's a failure if it doesn't go the way that I want. Like we get to surrender mm-hmm. and get clear on what, what we ideally want it mm-hmm. to look like and yeah. to know that it's divine, however it ends up being. Mm-hmm. So when you when you mentioned Mariah, um, and, and I absolutely, you know, like wholeheartedly, you know me, like conscious conception and being really fully present, like that's what we are creating, you know, with my husband. And uh, um, when you say you craft that, you know, you crafted your birthing experience before you birthed it, what, what did it look like for you? Yeah. So for me, and I, and I encourage all women to get really clear with what does safe feel like? Mm. Where does safe feel like? For me, I wanted to give birth at home. Um, just with my experience and what I had seen and what happens in hospital settings, I knew that for me, I tend to be more private and I wanted to be in my home. I wanted to choose who was in the space and what music was playing and light candles if I wanted them to and in that comfort. And that's where I felt the most safe. If you go back to animals in the wild, oxytocin is the hormone of ecstasy. It's the hormone of bonding. It's the hormone of falling in love. And it's also the hormone of labor. It brings on those surges that help our uterus tighten and help open the cervix up and help give baby the signal to come on down and baby's taking a role in it and pushing his or her own way out. And in the wild, if an animal feels a predator, feels unsafe, adrenaline kicks in and can stop oxytocin. So that way labor can stop and that animal can flee to somewhere safe settle down again, oxytocin comes back up and labor resumes. Mm. And so to get quiet with where is safe and is it fear that has been planted in your mind from what you've seen in media and the stories you've heard and what people have said, or is it truly you're safe and not safe? And so I use it as an opportunity to dig in and get clarity on, you know, what do I desire? Who do I want to ideally be there? Hmm. For That's me, so was- beautiful. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I love that. I love that story. And and I'm so visual that I I was like literally like imagining like a birth of Bambi, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the predator. And you know, it it was like a sad for a second because I realized that sometimes in the places that we are meant to feel safe, like a hospital, maybe we're not because we feel stressed or rushed and, you know, it's, it doesn't feel safe. And, you know, that's what we are planning with my husband, you know, the home birth and being here alone. And, and I love that you said, like, you can plan and then you get to surrender because I know that, um, 
my uh, my best friend, my spiritual wife, she was meant to be playing sound bath, you know, at the birth. And it just went unexpectedly and she gets to go to the hospital. So the baby stays safe and there could not be nothing what the lady planned. She planned like hypnobirding and, and sound bath healing. And it's like, that's when you say like the, the complete surrender, you know, the complete yeah. surrender to planning and then trusting that the baby knows and it will guide you and if it needs to support then it's not like we are going to negate it right like ideally yeah. our plan is to birth at home with you know our midwife and doula and you know my spiritual wife and my husband there but if 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 the plan changes like not resisting it and don't thinking that we have done anything wrong or that you know it's yeah. i yeah. feel like we can be so hard on ourselves yeah. And to also trust that there's another human being in the mix. And this is also um, co-creating with another person's destiny. Mm. You know, with my second birth, um, <laughs> we didn't realize that the, the hot water only had a certain amount and the tub was being filled, but it ended up being cold. And it was time to push and or getting close to it. And there was no hot water in the tub. And I really wanted another water birth. And so I ended up going to the bed and pushed her out on all fours. And it's so ironic because her head was out. Her body was still inside my body. And she was telling us her story. It was not crying. Like that woman, that female was talking. Wow. And I had to go, huh, I don't know if I had been in the water Oh. What would that, I don't know, would that have impacted her in some way? And, um, you know, I've attended births where she wanted a home birth and pushed for five hours and baby was fine. Mom was fine. It was like, something's up here. I don't know what it is. And end up in the hospital and she ended up with a C-section and to be able to surrender and trust that it's exactly what it needs to be. Mm. Um. And to know that it's still perfect. Mm -hmm. And so in regard to orgasmic, um, I think I just um, have such reverence and trust in birth and in our innate ability to procreate in order to survive as a species on the planet and that it's a normal and natural and God-given um, right. Mm -hmm. And I allowed myself to move when I wanted to move and make sound when I wanted to make sound and feel the intensity of all of it and cry if I needed to cry. But it was spectacular, just absolutely spectacular. And all three times, the moment that baby was up on my chest, I looked at my husband and said, oh my goodness, I want to do this again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Wow. It's, just, it's that amazing. And then being a parent is no joke. Like <laughs> it doesn't end there. And for me, that's where the real hard stuff comes in. Like, oh my gosh, now I get the opportunity to raise this human being and figure out how to navigate how and what and support and allow their gifts to shine, even when it's feeling like I'm feeling triggered and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's important that we don't spend so much time on the pregnancy and the birth that we figure, we forget that we're becoming parents. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, you know, like with the pregnancy, there's just like so much, especially now going on. I was talking with my mom, you know, like about like, of course, the fertility, planning pregnancy, parenthood, everything. And she was like, oh, don't worry. You will like, it will be all fine. You will all figure it out because, you know, like just think about your great grandma. She was like pregnant and she was in second world war and she was like, carrying heavy stuff and heavy bags and your grandma figured it out. She birthed it at home. And, you know, I got pregnant when I was 18. I'm like, mom, like all of that, it's a past. That's like 40 years ago, 80 years ago, you know, like all these things. I feel like the, the world really changed in a sense of like fertility and pregnancy. You know what I mean? I feel like before, and, and this is just me and my perspective, you know, more than me, it's that before it was easier to get pregnant because I feel like there was not so much stress and toxins. And yes, of course, there was a stress of survivor, right? I get that mm-hmm. back then. But for us, there is like the plastic and the mold and the toxicity and the food, like the nutrition. It's not the nutrition that it was before. How were our grandmas eating? Well, what they have at home, yeah. right? So I feel like- no, I think you're right. I think it's valid. You know, getting pregnant these days, it's, it's, can be, it doesn't have to be, can be, you know, more challenging. It takes more time. So you invest so much time into even consciously thinking about fertility and pregnancy, then you're pregnant and you want to make sure that your body and the environment, it's supporting the baby. Like before, like mm-hmm. I was telling my mom, I don't understand how women can, it could be like pregnant in the past and like live in a war or going to work like 10, 12 hours a day. Like right now we don't even do these things and and it can be just like exhausting just to think about it, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like the time changed, but what really gives me hope from Mariah, what you were sharing about your like decades of experience by now, right? Decades of experience. It, it really goes back into trusting that feminine energy, trusting that birth is something absolutely natural, that it doesn't have to be hard and controlled. And, you know, it's, 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 it's like you get what you expect, right? If you believe that it's going to be painful and hard and you have to control everything, well, then it's going to be struggle. But can you prepare and then also surrender and trust that experience and trust your body? And super important thing also, would you say, Mariah, it's like having people around you that you really trust. That's why I personally like believe in birthing centers and, and birth at home whenever possible, because you have your own space and your own people surrounding you. And that adds to what you said, am I feeling safe? Yeah. I mean, I think for both birth and death, yeah. if the right person's in the room and the wrong person's out of the room, it's smooth and it's easy. And occasionally there will be delay and it's like, what's going on? All of a sudden a woman's, you know, quote unquote, stuck at a certain centimeter of dilation for a long, long time. And in a hospital setting, there's this push of, okay, let's bring in meds and you're not, you're not progressing fast enough, but then, well, what about, I don't know, is, is the wrong thing being said? Is, is, is there something happening in the dynamics? Because I believe each person in the space is bringing their own life's experience and their own fears and their own old stories. And that is being projected onto and received by the woman and the baby that are currently laboring. Mm. And sometimes we'll never know Mm. what it was. And we get to trust that it's divine, 
but I believe that it's relevant and important and definitely a factor. And I've experienced that both in attending deaths as well as attending births. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to say out loud, there's a great film. It's called Birth As We Know It. Mm, it's by, um, you can go to birthintobeing.com. It's by Elena Tonetti. She's a Russian midwife and um, it, it's beautiful. Birth as we know it. I think it's a film for anyone who's thinking about getting pregnant to watch. You can buy it, I think for like $40 or something. It's so worth um, the purchase and watching it. And so luckily I had watched that and um, and two of the, some of it is filmed on the big island of Hawaii and I was living there. And so I was interacting with the women and I attended births with the, the mid, one of the midwives that's in the movie and I'm friends with Elena and, um, and it definitely had a very strong impact on how I show up as a midwife, as well as how I show up as a pregnant and laboring woman. That's beautiful. I'm it's on my list. It's happening. We'll we'll have a we'll have a snacks and, and movie night with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn with spirulina and nutritional yeast on it. We don't even eat popcorn because corn, you know, like it's it's like mainly GMO. So we don't even do popcorn. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Well, you can get organic popcorn. Yeah. And I think sometimes, yes toxic load is real and the plastics. I mean, they're finding newborn baby cord blood has as many as 250 toxic chemicals. And I'm curious around all of the vaccinations that have been loaded into girls' bodies now and how that's impacting fertility. And I know that's kind of a controversial topic, but I do feel like it's relevant in the infertility data. Um, And sometimes the quest for being cleaning out the toxins becomes an obsession in itself that mm-hmm. adds stress to an individual. Yeah. And so I always say moderation and moder- even moderation in moderation. I hear you. I absolutely hear you. And for me, it's like, if my body truly like craves something, like for example, at home, like we don't do gluten most of the time, but yeah. I was just telling my husband, we'll be traveling in two weeks to Northern California. And there is like the local small store and they have like a rosemary sourdough bread. And I love it so much. I'm like, I don't care about the nutrition. I love that bread. I have it once a year. I don't care. So it's, yeah. it's really just like listening and going with the flow. And if I'm not craving popcorn, why would I, you know, like even do it? And I absolutely hear you because sometimes we are in the attempt of being healthy. We are adding more stress on our body and that's not good either. So it's, it's just like being mindful and and making these choices. So Mariah, like I said, I could be here with you like hours and hours and hours. I absolutely (laughs) love your history. I love what you stand for. I love the future that you're creating and how you're pivoting and shifting your business. I know you're like shifting in a little different direction than where I took you today. And I'm so, so, so thankful that you're, you know, so open to share this and it's all relevant because when I say that I midwife women through chapters of change, I just finished a four day in-person women's retreat Mm -hmm. And it was spectacular. Oh my goodness. To just be there holding the the container for all the ways in which these women excavated and transmuted and transformed and let go and rebuilt their power and their confidence and got streamlined roadmap for their hormones and their health, but also 
deepened into love and presence Mm -hmm. and sacred sex and clarity around what they desire, that's also showing up as a midwife. Because I'm midwifing the space and Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that one of the facilitators was going to get sick. And I didn't expect that. um, I mean, there's so many twists and turns and people that someone missed their flight and didn't make it. And also just to drop into knowing that is divinity Mm -hmm. and that it's whatever went, whatever happened is the medicine for that individual and is the medicine for me. Mm -hmm. And so, although it's not attending births, and I'm done having babies as sad as that is for me. Um, I'm still showing up as a midwife. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate your wisdom, your energy, your time, your enthusiasm for life, you know, and mm-hmm. what it brings in all of the other areas. So for those who are listening right now who are at this moment pregnant or are expecting to expect, you know, soon because yeah. they're consciously conceiving. What is the one thing you want her to know? Um, I want you to know that you're divine and perfect and fully capable of creating exactly what needs to be and that your feminine power can surrender and relinquish control and it will be perfect and you are perfect. Um. I want you to remember to breathe and allow space for quiet and know that that baby hears and smells and tastes and feels everything that you're experiencing. And so protect it with a vengeance, set those boundaries and create more conscious beings for this planet because the planet needs it. Mm, And reach out to me anytime, just send me a DM. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'm super excited for everything you're creating. I'm so excited to see how you're expanding, Mariah. Thank you for today and all the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. Thank you.